I'm really not going to start at this very second. I'm actually waiting for Pastor Lee. So you have to understand, um, Pastor Richard is away for a little while. And we're praying for him as well because we want him to get filled and come back and empowered. But I know, I could see it this morning, that she's in a lot of pain. So I asked Maureen to bring her back out here. We're going to pray for her. Listen, and it's not to put her on the spot, and it's not to uh, be empathetic or sympathetic, but listen, we are dealing with spiritual things here. We are dealing with physical things here. They're interrelated, and they're problematic, and they're painful. I want, I want you to think, how many people have ever had pain? I don't mean like a little, little pain. 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 Like Jabez, help me not to cause pain. I, I, I could tell the way she, I could tell she's in pain. So we're going to pray for you today, Pastor Lisa, this morning. I need the elders to come up here. As we were worshiping this morning, I really couldn't go much forward because I know you're moving back and forth. And um, that affects your whole life. And especially her pastor's not around and her husband's not around. We need to keep her in constant prayer, number one, because she needs a healing. And number two, I know he's going to be worried to death, wondering how she's doing. It's going to affect everything. That's not the whole point of this, okay? So we need a double blessing, amen? Let's pray for her. Everybody, just raise, lift your hand, stretch out toward her. Father, we just come before you this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, God, many times you walked by the streets of Galilee, and just stopped things as they were going on in their usual way, Lord God. And things got changed because your presence was there, because you walked by people, God, because you didn't just walk away, but, Lord, you stopped the very things of life, Lord God, because there was a need. It wasn't just a person on a tree. It wasn't just someone walking away. It was a life. It was a soul. It was a person who needed personal attention. And this morning we pray for Pastor Lisa, Lord, we just pray that you would walk her way this morning, Lord God. God, the depths, Lord God, of the sickness, the, in, the illness, Lord God, the pain, Lord God, whatever it might be, walk her way, Lord God. And even now, bring healing, bring comfort, bring relief, Lord. Whatever the word is that has to be, God, that slips us, Lord God, you know what it is this morning, Lord God. Let her leave this morning differently, Lord God. Let her know that you got this in control, God. The pain, the situation, the circumstance, everything, Lord, let out her mind. Run amok, Lord God, but let her rest in you, Lord God, for her body, for her husband, for this church, for everything that affects the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Keep her in prayer, please. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got to tell you, uh, I hope you're not, I'm not going to mess you up a little bit this morning because I already did. But I'm pretty excited about this morning. Not because I'm preaching, but I'm pretty excited because we're going to shake off some slumber a little bit. And I got to tell you about this message, really. This message was not really what this was intended. And uh, it was really going to be geared towards the book of Galatians, which, as Pastor Mike alluded to, uh, the life group in, these, in this class right here, we're starting the book of Galatians. We did the, uh, outline, uh, the overview and the background this past Wednesday night. But I wanted to do something on Galatians, kind of like an overall everything. And I had it going. I had the scripture verse. I was going to roll that way. But it just wasn't working. And if you've ever had to preach or teach or do something, and something doesn't work, a little bit of fear comes in. You're like, God, this is not working the way I'm planning. So what is it that you have? And nothing was happening. And what was started to happen during the week, early part of the week, middle of the week, even after the, towards the end of the week, all of my emails, not all, let me not exaggerate, a lot of my emails, a lot of my correspondence, a lot of things that I saw, all of a sudden, all had these football emojis. They all had things like touchdown. And you've scored a great deal. Come on into the store. Do you know why? Does anybody know what today is? What is it, Mike? Opening day of what? The opening day of the NFL. And uh, you know what? These stadiums are going to be packed this morning. 
the prognosticators are already predicting what the scores are going to be, who's going to win and by how much and how often and who's going to lose next week and who's going to win the Super Bowl, etc., etc. And at certain parts of the year, you can't even say the word Super Bowl. You have to say the championship because it's a trademarked trademark. It's silly. And I was getting so flustered. I said, this is, this is, why? Such, and, and you listen, I'm a football fan too. Not a fanatic. We could be fans, but let's be fanatics for Christ. Let's get that straight, okay? So, all of a sudden, um, I was actually, two things happened. I was actually uh, thinking about, if Galatians is going to work out, God, then you know, what's happening? So, I thought of the things that we did in our life group lessons. And if Philippians really started to stick to, out to my mind, forgetting the fact that Pastor Mike just did a two-part series on Philippians. So I started thinking, I want you to turn to chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. Just stay there in chapter 3. Don't put that thing up yet. yet. And as I was reading these two scripture verses, I said, this is the direction it seems to be like I need to go to. And as I was in the closet, I was looking, up, uh, looking through a few things. I was going to donate some clothes. And I came. I came across this wonderful shirt, and for many who don't know what this is, this is a t-shirt or an insignia of the Green Bay Packers, okay, which is what my son and I, uh, we are fans of the Green Bay Packers. So I bought this, believe it or not, 17 years ago when my son and I went to Wisconsin to watch a football game in Green Bay, and I've never worn it, and I happened to find it. I said, all right, you're leading me in that direction. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, 13 and 14. It says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing, I need you to repeat it. One thing, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Football is all about goals, touchdowns. And you only get a touchdown if you pass this line and you go over the line and you score a touchdown. Okay? It's all about goals. Christianity, I'm sorry, football, the more goals, the more points you get. Right? And you'll see some of these scores in the next two, three, four, five, how many weeks? Ever? Uh, 16 weeks, 17 weeks. Some of these scores will be astronomical. You wonder how in the world they can score so many points. It's all about points. In Christianity, it's about goals. It's about the goal, the finish line. It's not about points. It's about reaching and passing and going over the goal, whether it be individually or corporately. Individually as you walk with Christ alone, and corporately as we are the body of Christ here together. And if you don't think one thing doesn't affect the other, you are sadly mistaken. Because the body says that when one hurts, the other one hurts. And when one rejoices, the other rejoices. Listen. I went ahead of myself. The reason for this message is because some, no, many, many of us need to do three things. We need to forget those things that are behind us. We need to reach. We need to reach forward to those things that lie ahead. And we need to press. Press towards the goal of God's calling. If you haven't forgotten, you're going to be bound up for the most of your Christian life. I had a conversation with somebody about forgiveness a while back. We were just talking. I said, part of the biggest problem today is people don't forgive and you know what? They won't forget. And they're walking around like dead men, dead women walking. Their life is eaten up from the inside out. Listen, we need to forget those things. We need to reach. Reach forward to what is ahead of us. Listen, you can't live in the past forever. Come on. The 40s and the 50s, they were great. But we live in the 2019s, okay, whatever century, the 21st century. Right? We can't go back to those days. We're here. You can't live in those days. We're here. Let's be here. 
Let's be Christ-minded here. And we need to press. Some of us are not pressing. Some of us don't know how to press. And I don't mean clothes. Some of us don't want to press because we're comfortable. But we need to press toward the goal that God has given us. God has a goal for each and every one in this place, each and every one of us, individually and corporately. He has a goal for us. So let's look at these three things. If you forget anything at all, no, let me put it this way. I want you to remember only three things if you have to remember three things. The word forget, the word reach, and the word press. And every time you watch a football game, every time you're watching a sporting event, I want you to remember those words. Say, God, how do I do this? I want to do this. You know what? Jesus and Paul, as I was thinking about this, about, this is about I don't, sports. I don't talk about sports. Some of you would like to talk about football all day long right now. But Jesus and Paul, they use common day occurrences to explain biblical truths to people in that time. Okay? Paul used about running, racing, Olympics, etc. I'm talking to you about using the allegory or the analogy of football. You can make it American football or you can make it Soccer, if you want. European football. When I, when I um, um, coached a girls' soccer team, Gabby's soccer team, and all that age group that went up, right, I would always, I send out emails to all the girls, all the ladies, and I would always put at the end, press toward the goal. Because if you don't score a goal, you're not going to win the game. If we don't press towards the goal, we are going to be bowled over in today's life and society. Let's look at three things. The first one is, forget those things which are behind us. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. I don't care if you're a half-glass-full person or a half-glass-empty person. You can either use the word forget or you can use the word remember. Just do it. Don't forget. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> do remember. Forget the old things the Bible says. What old things? Don't remember what? Or better yet, forget what things, God, should I forget? How about your failures? How about your setbacks? How about your upsets? Do you know that all the prognosticators for the, the today's game, already have indicated who's going to win and lose and what the score is. And someone's going to be upset. You know it's going to happen. In the day of life, there's always upsets. There's always failures. There's always setbacks. Last year, 32 teams all claimed very emphatically, and of course they had to do it. It was the right thing to do in front of a camera. They claimed emphatically that they could win or that they would win the Super Bowl. Well, 31 of those teams failed. Only one team won. We won't go where they were, all right? The rest of them experienced some type of failure. They experienced some type of setback that prevented them, listen, from obtaining their ultimate prize. And whether it's the Super Bowl or the NBA championships or the World Cup, whatever it is, that is the ultimate prize that athletes look forward to. They don't just go and put their body under extreme whatever, to say, I just want to play the game. Or maybe I just want to make the kind of money because you're putting your body under a lot of stress. The rest experienced some type of setback, failure, or upset that prevented them from obtaining their prize. Listen, I'll give you an example. In the college world, the USC, University of Southern California, college football team, their starting quarterback, I think he's a sophomore, didn't play at all last year. The first game of the season, before the half is even over, I think there was a fumble of some sort or whatever. He gets tackled. He gets an injury that's life, not life-threatening, excuse me, season-ending. Done. Gone. So much for his professional aspiration. He's on the sideline with an injury that he's going to have to just watch somebody else take his place and as a matter, how, matter of fact, how ironic, this morning I happened to read that the person who took his place, Pastor Mike, 
377 yards passing, three touchdowns, etc. I think I'd be a little nervous too, right, that that guy's taking my place. Because I might not be making it back to the team. Forget about the NFL pro team. They won't be calling me. It affected his whole entire life because of that setback. That was just college. How about professional? You know, at the end of the season, teams try to get better. They try to do things. They, they, they try to get better. They, they get new players, etc. The Washington Redskins, there's a linebacker who didn't, who's named Reuben Foster. Listen, in his first off-season workout, season-ending surgery, not even a preliminary game, not even a regular season game. Zippo, nada. They, got, they, 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 they signed him for the purpose of doing, not that, season-ending. Likewise, perhaps, many of you have experienced the same type of setback or failure or upset. It seems like your season has ended. We started out an awesome wonder here during times of prayer and fasting in January. God, nothing's happened. Whatever I prayed for, it, it all went to pieces. It, it, it seems like those setbacks sidelined you from what you wanted, and even more importantly, from what you thought God was calling for you, asking of you, sending you to do. Examples of setbacks. How about some who recommitted themselves to be involved in the church or be involved in ministry, and something happens. You know something will always happen when you try to move forward for God. If you don't, let me tell you, it will. So don't be surprised or shocked when that happens. You recommit yourself. Something happens. The Spirit of God touches your life, and you say, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to get involved in ministry. I see there's a need. I'm going to do something. Next thing you know, you're nowhere to be found. Maybe we talked about the missions trips that are going on. Maybe at the beginning of the year, I'm going on one of those things. I want to experience what, what, what everybody else experienced. Next thing you know, all kinds of issues come up, and you get sidelined. And you know what it's like to be on the sideline? Does anybody know what it's really like to be on the sideline? When you sit there and you're part of a team and all you do is watch everybody else play. You know, they don't allow that in, in kids' sports because of the damage it could do. But if you're a professional, you sit there, you sweat blood and tears, but you never get on that field. You're on the sideline. Some of it is their own, our own doing. Some of it is not. Maybe you wanted to attend a life group because you heard such excitement about them and think crazy things happen to your Wednesdays. Come on, let's be real. Let's talk about it real here. We're not hiding the pie just because the song service is over and our emotions have done touch the ceiling and I come back to earth. Let's talk about earth. I'm a very down-to-earth kind of guy. Let's be real. Maybe... You wanted to strengthen your spiritual walk, and at the beginning of the year, you said, this, this is what I got to do. This is what I need to do. And all of a sudden, all kinds of cares and tears and snares occurred, and the next thing you know, you found yourself, if not where you were before, a little further back. Maybe you suffered a season-ending event that you think sidelined you for the rest of the year. That isn't the way it is. The Bible says, forget those things that are behind you. Forget those things that are behind you. Maybe you're trying to compare yourself to somebody else that's sitting next to you. First of all, you just can't do that, and you just shouldn't do that. Because there's going to always be somebody higher than you, and there's going to always be somebody lower than you. I remember when Josh went to, went to college, and Josh is, Josh is a smart kid. He, just things come natural to him. He's, he called me, he goes, Dad, there are some smart people here. And I, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I can't latch on as quickly as they can. So you know what he did? He latched on to them. And he figured out how to latch on to them. He'd get the same kind of, if they can get it, explain it to me. And towards the end of his time, he ended up being a teacher to teach other people. Listen, those things cannot affect us. There's going to always be that stuff. Just put it away and get it out of your mind. And you can't let the devil pound you all over the head with it. A season-ending event or injury or whatever it might be cannot ruin the rest of your life. 
Maybe, listen, that's, that's usually how we think. You know, it's a season, a problem, some type of situation. Maybe it was an accomplishment or an achievement. Ooh, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I, if I'm achieving, I'm getting blessed by God. If I'm attaining something, if I got to get a better job, I'm getting blessed by God. Many teams, this is going to hurt. Many teams won a, a, a championship, whether it be the Super Bowl, the World Series, the NBA championship, the Stanley Cup in hockey. Many teams, at first I was going to say a few, but there's so many major sports that many teams, one year won the championship, the next year never even made the playoffs. Well, what happened? They had achievements. Okay. I'm sorry, Pastor, Pastor Mike. The 1990 New York football Giants, I think he's a, football, a Giants fan. 1990, I think that was the Bill Parcells era, right? They won the Super Bowl. The next year, in 91, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. And the year after that, in case it wasn't a fluke, they went 6-10. and 10. They got a little too comfortable. Hey, it happened to Boston too, don't... Uh. I can give you some stats. They got too comfortable. They got all proud in their accomplishments. In 1998, the Denver Broncos... They won the Super Bowl. They beat the Green Bay Packers that year. They should have never won, but they did. The next year, after John Elway retired, they went 6-10. and 10. In 2001, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, most people don't even know who they are. They won the championship. They won the Super Bowl. I think John Gruden was the coach there. I'm not positive. In 2003, they were 7-9. and nine. And just in case it wasn't a fluke, the following year they were 5 and 11. And they haven't gotten out of the ground ever since. And to make it a little closer to home, in 2015, the Denver Broncos, I believe Pat, uh, Peyton Manning was the quarterback at the time, they won the Super Bowl. The following year after he retired, they were 9 and 7. Not bad. Still didn't make the playoffs. The year after that, 5 and 11. They got too comfortable in their achievements. Hey, we can't get too comfortable in this great place that we live in and that we worship in. You can't take this place for granted. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into this place. Pastor Richie's on a sabbatical because of blood, sweat, and tears. You understand? There are things that you don't know that people went through. You may never experience it. We will let you know what that is because it wasn't yours to bear. But you know what? You need to understand that it goes on. And we can't take those things for granted. Because our forefathers, they had blood, sweat, and tears this place. In this area, there was two, three, maybe, Assembly of God churches, period. Bible-believing churches. Now, you can look in the phone book, well, Facebook, I guess, is the place to go, and look them all up and see, hey, where do I want to go? Who's got the greatest dynamic ministries that I want to get involved in? We cannot take those places for granted. The Bible says, let him, let her, who thinks they stand, take heed, lest they fall. And, you know, pride is always a big problem. And it's not just in the world. It's in Christianity, too. Pride always comes before fall. And a haughty look always comes before destruction. And listen, God is a respect of no person. And if we get a little too proud, God knows how to take care of business. So we need to do something else. As much as those achievements are or have been, God wants us, listen, put those aside. Not as if they didn't happen, but listen, Put them into perspective because they're gone. Now it's time to do what God wants today and then tomorrow and then the day after. It's great. We, we had a great, we're, gonna, we're getting a video together, a clipping of the, of, the end of the celebration that we did at the Marriott. Okay, you're going to see some great things that were going on. But, but it was great to remember some of the things that happened here, was it not? Some of you people didn't experience that. But listen, we can't live there, Right? we got to put the car in drive and move down, down the highway and go on to the next stop and take care of business and then go on to the next stop. If you stop somewhere and never go back to where you belong, you're going to miss out on the prize that God has for you. The first one was what? Forget. What's the second one? Reach. Reach forward to those things that are ahead. Exodus 14, verse 15. 
And the Lord said to Moses, listen to this. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children to go forward. We don't want, well, because well, if you go back, the Egyptians are coming at you full throttle. You can't go to the right and you can't go to the left full of mountains. But God, we can't go forward. The Red Sea is there. I told you go forward. If you begin to doubt what I say, you're not going to go forward. And someone has once said, if we're not going forward, we're backsliding. If we're standing still, we're not going forward. God was pretty clear, wasn't it? Don't cry to me. Just go forward. Forward means to make progress. To continue on in doing something. Continue to advance. We're not here celebrating the great things that we did five, ten. You ever hear a testimony of somebody? I think Pastor Richard mentioned it several times. Can I get a testimony that happened just yesterday? Not like ten years ago. I remember fifteen years ago. No, no, no. What? Let's advance. Maybe we don't have a testimony today because we're not advancing. We're not going forward. We're not reaching. Forward means to make progress. Ahead refers to something new or what was originally intended for you. Something new or something that was originally intended for you, but your season ended for some reason or another. God's intention was to bring the Israelites where? The promised land. He didn't change his mind even though they were a stiff-necked people. Read all about it in the book of Exodus, Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus, Deuteronomy, etc. He didn't change his mind. His intention was to bring them there to the promised land. It was a new land. It was a new beginning. That's why God says, forget the old things. I think in the, that part of Isaiah says, I do a new thing, and I'm going to tell you about it when I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you about it when I start to do it. Neither the Egyptians nor the Red Sea was going to sideline God's plan and God's purpose for Israel. The reason why you sideline is because there's a lot of Christians on the sideline watching this game of Christianity be played. And they're watching. They can complain. They can murmur. I could do it better. But they never get on that field. They don't pull up their sleeves. Get their hands a little muddy. God's not afraid of mud. Clean hands. Neither the Egyptians nor the Red Sea was going to sideline God's plan or God's purpose for Israel. Neither are your setbacks or your upsets going to sideline you from your season of victory. A lot of play on words I'm doing today, but listen, Paul did the same thing. He used common everyday words to get a message across to people, okay? You know what sideline means. You know what season means. And you know what victory means, right? Just because you've been sidelined for a while, maybe it wasn't your doing. Maybe you, 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 you busted through and all of a sudden all hell broke loose, right? And that does happen. And all of a sudden, what, what you never anticipated to happen, happens. Oh, let me give you a, a good one. You know, when Jesus was on the cross... And his mother, Mary, came to him. And a couple other disciples there. John was there. You know what Jesus said to John? John, it's your mother. Take care of her. Oh, but I, I can't. I got to advance the gospel. Yes, Lord, I'll take care of it. His life got changed a lot. He didn't get sidelined. It just got changed a little bit. But you know what? He was the great revelator. And he wrote books that he said, I don't, even, I don't even have words to explain what God is showing to me. Don't, listen, don't be on the sidelines. The one thing I hated playing sports was not being on that field. Because one, I either wasn't good enough or two, I didn't put an effort into it. Most of the time it was because I, I didn't put an effort into it. Because we're all good to some degree. And you know what? Teams are always looking for someone who has, wants to put effort into it. Even if you don't have the quote-unquote skill and ability of other people, if you have the, the, the gumption to go out there, they'll put you out there. 
But if we're on the sideline, oh, no. Oh, I can't. Well, you know what? I have a great idea for that outreach. Come on the field. Come and play. And let's do a little bit. Oh, no, I, I, I can't. I can't. I, I, work five, I work five jobs. I'm being a little sarcastic. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. Did that person have a right to say, let's do something a little different? Get on the field. Don't be afraid to get on the field. You know what? If you are given the opportunity to go on the field, listen, anybody that's in sports that's given an opportunity, that flubs it, that messes it up, they want another chance. Green Bay Packers. Brett Favre. He played for the Atlanta Falcons. He was not the highest selected um, college athlete. I forgot what round he was picked out of. He sat in that lane. You know what he did? He played around too much. He got, he got hooked on, on, on alcohol, if you will. And some other things that all, he was an above average player. He became a below average player. Somebody went up to him from another team and said, we'll, we'll trade for you, but here are some rules you got to do. You have the skill and the talent and the ability. We'll give you the opportunity, but not like the way you are. They traded a first-round draft pick for a guy who's doing zero. That team said, oh, great move, man. We're, gonna, we're doing it all. He goes, he, he, he listens to the coach. He listens to the general manager. He does what he's supposed to. He gets in a program, I guess, to get cleaned out or whatever. The first game he gets put into, guess what he does? Throws a foot interception. Throws an interception. This is not going the way he said it was going to go. But you know what? He played, I don't know how many years, 12, 13, 14 years. He's, he's regarded as one of the toughest football players that there was. I think he set a record for most games in a row, touchdowns in a row, whatever. Won, a, won, won Super Bowl. But, but he stopped being on the sideline. He stopped complaining, hey, coach, you're doing that all wrong. Because you know what happens when you get into a little bit of position? You can get a little bit big-headed, and you think you could, you, well, let's do it this way, but you, you, you don't want to go on the, off the sideline. He got off the sideline, and you know what? History, he just got inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame this past year. Your setbacks or upsets don't have to sideline you from your season of victory. Like teams, maybe after a lost season, and we all have those, Maybe after a lost season from whatever it's been, whether it be our own doing or something out of our control. Maybe we need to change. Maybe we need to change our playbook. You know, that play that's not working, just get rid of it, man. I don't have the personnel to make that happen. Or maybe we change the personnel. We got to dump this, this side of the field right here. We got to get new people to do that job. Because they're not fast enough. They're not strong enough. They're not committed enough. Get rid of some of the plays. Add some new ones. Get rid of some of the player, other players. Add some new ones. Change our game plan. Listen, for the offseason. When they finish football in February after the Super Bowl is done, you know what? You may have a little bit of time off, but your offseason training begins already. And if you goof off and you come back to your first training camp and you're 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight, guess where you're going? They're not going to be too happy because they're giving you millions of dollars. God says, oh, oh, you took, you took the off-season off? What, 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 how's the church going to advance? You took the off-season. You, 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 did you prepare? You know there's a big thing coming your way, and we don't prepare. And then we get bowled over, and we wonder, God, why did you do this? Let's prepare a different way for the off-season. Maybe those players, uh, sometimes, sometimes injuries, uh, they just happen like all over the place in, in sports. And people sit back, you know, they, they pay people lots of money to figure out why are these injuries happening like this? Let's do something different. Maybe it's their diet. Maybe it's the way they train. Maybe it's uh, the, the regimen that they're supposed to follow. They're doing something too quick, too slow, too whatever. We, on the other hand, in Christianity, we just, oh, that didn't work. Put an end to it. 
let's train or prepare better during our off season. Everybody here will have an off season. Moses was in the desert for years. Didn't get the call of God until he saw the burning bush. Saul, Paul, when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, went into the Arabia, the desert, for three years to be trained. Nobody's all knowing everything right away. Let's change our game plan. Let's change our off season. Either way, God wants us to do the next thing. If it's not forget, it's not reach, it's what? It's press. Press toward the goal. Philippians 3.14 says, I, I want everybody to say I, not my neighbor. I, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That is no simple task. And it is not something to be sneezed at. It is not something to be taken lightly. It is God calling you saying, you know what? Out of all the people in the world, I chose you that day. I called you that day. I empowered you that day. Press means to move or to cause to move into a position of contact with something by exerting continuous physical force. Ouch. To move or to cause to move into a position of contact with something by exerting a continuous physical force. It involves intention. Running backs, when they're running the ball, they don't want to be hit. But they know what's going to happen, and they intentionally run to where they're going to know they're going to get hit. It involves effort. A linebacker who's looking to tackle somebody isn't going to just say, somebody else will do it. You ever watch like one of those uh, replays or games, and you watch, and no one can tackle the one guy? He just slips. He just goes everywhere. And you wonder, like, he's really that good or they're that bad a tackler. So you know what you do in that case? You go back to the basics and you teach them how to tackle. It involves a continuous attitude. It didn't work the first time. Tackle them the second time. I didn't get there fast enough. Learn from that play. God, we weren't successful in the outreach. Only 15 people showed up. Thank God 15 people showed up. You know what? That cafe was that cafe didn't start out with 50 people in there. Five, six, and they knew how to play the game. It's up to what, 50 people plus maybe? And with that expansion, it's going to be bigger. You don't give up after the first time. It's a continuous effort. Toward, press where? Toward. Toward refers to in the direction of or in relation to, not away from. Not away from. What's the first thing that you do when you see a house on fire? You run the other way. Well, you know what? When there's a fire or a crime, you know what they teach us? You're going into that baby. Why? Because that's what you were hired to do. Because that's where the trouble is. Players don't run away from the play. If they don't, they don't play anymore. They run to the play. You know why? Because they want to make the tackle. Yeah, there might be a little bit of individual satisfaction there, but they want to make that play. They want to be on this team. Likewise, let's not run from the prize that God has for us. We take it too glibly, the prize. We're busy with work. We're busy with social life. We're busy with everything. The, pri the call of God is a prize that we just relegate to a spot or a place. It's like, it's like the service. You know, we boxed it in. I'll, I'll come a little late, no big deal. It'll just be worship. Oh, I'm going to come a little later because they're going to be giving the announcements. She did a great job on those announcements, didn't she? A little, a little vim and fiber there. That was good. I'm going to come after such and such because, no. It refers, I'm sorry, Let's not run from the prize God has for us, but rather let's run to the prize he has for us. You're not running from. Run to. 
God's calling isn't mundane and isn't burdensome. Jesus said, my, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're listening to the wrong person who says, I got a, that's a heavy load. Because God would not give us a load that he can't help us carry. And that's the point. It's not us carrying the load. Because it would be too hard for us. Goal. The object of a person's ambition or effort. The aim or desired result. An objective or even better, how about a target? It doesn't matter with football players if they're three, three yards away from the goal line or 90 yards away from the goal line. They know that's where they got to go. They're going to get to that goal line. Okay. Our objective is to get to the goal line. Our objective isn't to get there like maybe faster than this, side, this section. Imagine if we all got up and we had a, a race and we all broke up in one, two, three, four, five parts. And all of a sudden, you know, you really get to see the, the, the competitive athletes. This side bolts and they're going like, hey, wait, wait, wait. I said, let's all run together. It was like when we used to have practice, I would tell, I would tell the girls, let's run from this side of the field onto the other. All right? Can we do it together, please? And then the girls who were naturally slower, they're all by themselves. The next thing you know, like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this no more. Number one, they don't care about me because I can't keep up with them. And number two, I can't keep up with them. But if we run together and maybe not necessarily hold each other's hands, but hold each other accountable to get to that goal line, wow, all those people passing the goal line at the same time. Our aim is to cross the goal line. Unlike the football, they're trying to get score points. Our aim is to advance God's kingdom. Our aim by crossing that goal is to mature in Christ. Our aim is to not forget that God has a price for us. And it's not like a crown, Paul said, that we can wear on our head. There's a crown coming for sure. And you know what the sad thing is? We know it. But when we get to heaven, we're going to miss out on it. We're going to miss out on it. We're going to say, oh. You know, like that V8 commercial, wish I had a V8, wish I had just done what they said. Can I get a redo? No redos. Let's cross the goal line together. Listen, let me read to you these few verses again. I do not count myself to be, to appre to be apprehended or to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind reaching forward to those things which are ahead, and I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. Listen, somewhere along the road, we all fit into those categories. If not all three of them, at least one of them. And no one's here to make anybody here feel bad or whatever. Just like I didn't have Pastor Lisa come here so you know, we could talk about her pain and a lot of the stuff. It's to grow. It's to say, God, what do you want to do in my life? I feel like I'm sidelined. How did I get to the sideline? Was it my own doing? The sideline's not my end, is it, God? No, it's not. We forget those things that sidelined us. We reach for things that are beyond our ability because they're God-given. They're God-empowered. And we press. We press. You know what a, a press does? Olive press. My father, right? used to have in his basement a wine press. That wide, round, fill it up with grapes. And you have to manual, and that thing would go down. Same process as olives, I guess. It would go down because you're squashing all the juice out of that product. And it's all going down. Next thing you know, whatever was that full, now was half. And those, those, those grapes or olives that looked like solid little pieces, they were all crushed and mangled. But here you had a gigantic bucket of whether it be oil or whether it be, at that point it was grape juice, it wasn't fermented yet. But he had a press. If we don't press, we're not getting that prize. If we don't have an intention, we're not going to get that prize. You know what? The worship team shouldn't have to egg you to come on and worship. Hello? The ministries in this church ought not to egg you to get involved. 
Because one day we may have that door closed, and you're going to say, hey, whatever happened to? Because it's gone. God forbid. We, we used to use a baptismal of a Baptist church on Child Street. And before we started using it, I, I, when I used to work at the police department, I did a, a program called Officer Friendly. And I would go to all kindergartens, first grade, second grade, third grade, and fourth grade, and explain to about stranger, danger, etc. And they asked me to go there. It was a kindergarten. Uh, I'm sorry, daycare. And I walked through the basement of that place. And I was in total awe of the things that used to go on in there. The revivals, the spirit of God, the power of God, things that were going on. I mean, you didn't have an Italian Baptist church at those days. Okay, you had to be Catholic if you're, if you're coming my way. But I was impressed. And then I looked around, it was just a shell of its former self. The guy on the sideline is just a shell of his former self. He could be making oodles and oodles of money, but you know what they're paying him for? What he used to do. It's what we want to do right now. You gotta, we got to put those things aside and say, God, let, let's advance this kingdom in my workplace, in my home, in my neighborhood, in my shopping place, in my church. However, we got to do it. Because why else would we be called? Very few people get paid millions of dollars as college athletes and do absolutely nothing. Those that do, people remember, don't make that same mistake. That's why they do tons and tons of research about a person, their, their, their back life, their forward life, their every kind of life to make sure, I can't give all this money away to a person who's just going to sit on the sidelines and do nothing for me. I got too much invested. God has too much invested in you and in me to sit on the sideline. God has too much invested in his kingdom. And yes, I know, I know the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, but you just can't say that and do nothing. Right? God has too much invested. The world has more invested in the things of the world than the church sometimes has invested in the things of God. Let's invest. Your calling is not my calling, nor is my calling your calling. But if we both followed what we were called to do, man, we'd be where we belonged. We might even be a little bit of happier people. And happenings, I know happy, happiness is based on happiness and happenings, but maybe we see some happenings. Come on, I'm being real. Because it's also, it's also good to fake joy too. Don't we want to see great things happen in and through this church? We want to see great things happen when Pastor Richard comes back. We don't want him to come back to the same, not the same old mundane stuff. It wasn't going on. But it can get that way if we get very complacent. Not even very complacent, complacent. So let's invest. Let's say, you know what? I'm stepping out of the sideline, and I'm going to get on the field. I may get tackled a little harder than I want to. You know, um, all my kids, they all played sports, and they're all pretty good, right? Elizabeth, the oldest daughter, she wouldn't play sports. I said, what? Uh, well, uh, what, what's the problem? She goes, it messes my hair. <laughs> Seriously? Okay. So she didn't do it. She played in high school, though, and she was good. She was good in high school. Don't let it mess your hair. Don't let church work say it'll mess my hair. It'll mess my work life. It'll mess my home life. It'll, don't let that happen. God God will give you a new spiritual hair if you want. But let us, don't, let's use it as an excuse. It messes up my little square box. Let's all stand up today. If you need to forget, if you need to reach, or if you need to press, you can come to the front of the altar if you want. You can stay at your seat. But listen, let's not leave the same way we came this morning. Because this church can't stay the same way. We need to see God do something. And don't just say in my neighbor's life, in our life, individually. And then it'll start happening. And then your neighbor will take notice like, whoa, what's going on here? What's happening to her? What is going on with him? And it'll be a contagious fire. Amen? If you want to come forward, you can. If you want to stay at your seat, please don't leave. We're going to pray. Tara will lead us in a song. If you want to stick around, that's great. But listen, let's just not complicate this thing.
Let's just not oversimplify it. It's, it's, it. That's what it is. When Jesus said come, he didn't say think it through. He said come. Let me pray. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit has touched everyone's heart. There's no picking and choosing on individuals here, but you've done whatever work you want to do, Lord God, in our lives, Lord. And Lord, we want to forget the things that have dogged us, the, 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 the failures of life, the setbacks of life, even the accomplishments of life. We want to forget those things, and we want to reach forward to what you have in store for us, Lord God. We want to press towards that goal. We don't want to fumble on the end, in the end zone. We don't want to fumble on the goal line, but we want to bring the ball over for the kingdom of God's sake, for our own growth and maturity's sake, for the advancement of your kingdom, for this church, for us as individuals, for the world to see that God makes a difference in people's lives. God, help us be intentional. Help us to get off the sideline. Help us to get involved, Lord God, and do what you've called us to do. If we step, take one step, You'll take more than two steps to us. You'll do more than we can comprehend in our lives. This morning as we gather to go, don't let people go getting off the hook. There's no getting off the hook, Lord. Speak to their hearts this morning. Speak to their hearts today before it turns into afternoon. And speak clearly to them about what you have exactly for them. Where they went off on their sideline. How, who, what, when, where. And say, encourage them, Lord God. Reveal to them that it's not the end for them. It's not where they're going to stay, but they can go forward in Christ. Lord, we thank you today. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will help us every time we watch a sporting event, Lord God. Every time we hear the word football or touchdown. Every time we see something that reminds us of pressing towards the goal, God. Help us to say, God, help me press towards the goal. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. If you want to come forward, we'll pray for you. If you're, if you're dismissed, you may be dismissed. Please be cognizant of those that are praying and talk outside the doors. Thank you. God bless you. See you Wednesday night at Life Groups. See you Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Join us for worship every Sunday at 10 a.m. and for Life Groups every Wednesday at 7 p.m. We are located at 321 Vesey Street in Providence, Rhode Island. Have a blessed day.